on a revolution Well, you know We all want to change the world Just trust me, okay? This is Michael, and I am joined now together by Ryan Watley. Hello, sir. Hello. And... Jeffrey Carver. Hello. How are you? Good, good. Good. Everyone's still got some pep in their step. It, yeah. I just want everyone out there to know that when we're recording, it's not like we have like, the, you, just because they get released days apart, doesn't mean it's been like two days ago since we last saw you. It's been continuous. <laughs> so yes, been I'm great. glad that you guys are here and are hanging out. You guys cooked a, a great spaghetti dinner. Fabulous. Thank you, Liz. You're welcome. It's a family unit around here. <laughs> Secretly in the wings, we have Nick in the background, as well as Long Legs Lizzo. Hey, hey, hey. And Cody B, that a lot of you know of, is up roaming around somewhere. So he's here in spirit as well. So let's go ahead and talk about something that both of you are very, very, like hold very near and dear to your heart, which is Evolution House. So let's talk about, we've heard each of your stories when did your guys' paths cross? Who wants to start? Well, we both severely fucked up our lives. <laughs> Correct, as everyone has heard. And we both moved into an Oxford house. Okay. Nobody moves into an Oxford house on a winning streak. Amen. So, and for those out there that don't know, Oxford house is a sober recovery house. So yes, go ahead. Yes. And when I met Jeffrey... He was crying in every single meeting that I saw him in. He was displaying an incredible amount of bravery, making people extremely uncomfortable with yes, how much he was be. crying. Yes. <laughs> but you know what? He it was it was I it really spoke to me. Because yeah, I did mention before that I I cried and for six six months I was just like literally I would come to the meeting and like I don't want to do this I'm still here and I might kill myself tomorrow. Yeah, and which I, for anyone that hasn't dealt with recovery, <laughs> that's not so uncommon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're coming off of all the things that were near and dear yeah. to you, and you're like, oh God, life is still happening. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, you guys met not on a winning streak, and what were your guys' initial read on each other? Ryan, you start. Well, I like I kind of said. I mean, uh, I, I didn't. I knew that he had an amazing amount of empathy. Okay. Um, I knew that he was going through catastrophic grief mm-hmm. at the time, and I was very um, taken aback by his honesty and by his courage. You mm-hmm. know, to to speak about what he was going through. Okay, it really let me know that that I could be honest, honest in the rooms too. Okay, and what was your first thoughts when you first met Ryan? Jeffrey? Yeah, I mean, the first time I ever saw him at a meeting, this guy comes in and he's in like fatigues, and he's like, "I took my car apart, um, but I don't know how to get it back together. But I'm gonna work on it." And like he had literally <laughs> taken his car all to pieces and, and put it back together. And then we moved in the recovery house together, and we didn't really click at, at first. No. There was no like, "Oh wow, we're just instantly best friends." It was like, eh, "He's all right," you know? Yeah. It was a bond that had to be forged yeah, later, definitely. Yeah. over time. Yeah. yeah, and I think it all started with, um, we had a mutual roommate that was extremely high drama. Extremely high drama. <laughs> In and an was, Oxford house? I know, it was That's crazy. so weird. <laughs> um, In a recovery house? I know, right? Yeah. And then he called Ryan homophobic. 
and was trying yeah. to get him kicked out of the house and stuff. Uh-huh. And then that's the same time I'm open and reopen and evolution with the new house manager. Oh, because in the background, you already had Evolution House One going, mm-hmm. but you had moved out because of your relapse. Yep. And, well, no, 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 no. I moved out because after the, my sister's death and stuff. Ryan was actually there when I relapsed in the house and stuff. It was it was the horrible. second the yep. second time. Okay. So pull, rewinding we. So before I met Jeffrey, he and his sister had with uh, had with an inheritance had Ooh. opened uh, an evolution house for women, right? Originally, right. And then it when she passed away, it closed. I hired a, a friend of mine to um, do that, and then it reopened. And okay. then later on, I relapsed. So I was actually living there and like everything. And but you guys met when this was the one year that you were not living yeah. there, correct? No, no, no. I actually met Ryan, and he was actually one of the beginning members. of. He was probably the first person that lived at Evolution mm-hmm. um, yeah. when it opened. I think Brock was the first. Yeah, Brock, and he's, second. unfortunately, Brock passed away from an overdose. He doesn't, he's no longer with us, but um, Ryan was one of the first couple people that was there. Okay. And he got the he got the gist of what I was trying to do from the ground. Like, we're going to make a brotherhood, we're going to all work together, this is going to be a team thing. So what year are yeah. we looking at that that was? 18 i was gonna say because what those out there listening don't know uh, is 17 i met mm-hmm. you both in the new year's eve party going from 2018 into 2019 mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that would have been i guess a year after you two had just met basically mm-hmm. sounds about right yeah yeah we're both pretty bad at dates and then horrible but yeah but it's about it was about yeah, a year because yeah, if it was like yeah. 2017 yeah yeah and we were doing that yeah as a fundraiser kind of thing so, mm-hmm. yeah Okay, so you, he knew Ryan knew basically what your vision was, mm-hmm. and you both started realizing, oh, we can. This is working. Yeah, we we really came together because we needed each other, and mm-hmm. and everybody who moved into the house said we had seen in in Oxford House like all of the. And I don't. This isn't a session to bash on Oxford House. No, it's not. Because I had a great. I really As I did. did. I. Have I'm a very great experience. Saved my their, life they, too. They, they very sure great. Yes. For Oxford House. You have to really want to stay sober yes, in the you Oxford do. House. Mm-hmm. And that's what we both wanted, and we moved out because we saw that there was um, that there was so much opportunity for a focused environment for people who are really committed to doing the whole nine yards and create the brotherhood. I think yeah. that that was the main thing. It's like we are creating we a family yeah. here that that are really like a a frat house. I mean, it's like a sober frat is what we call right, create. right. Yeah. Well, and you said at first too, Jeffrey, that like a team. when you guys first set the house up, nobody was really having to be assigned this, that, and the other. Everyone was just helping and coming together. Yeah, right. And I was telling them how, first that we didn't even have rules. Like we didn't have yeah. like we all just pitched in and cleaned up, and we all looked out for each other, and everybody just kind of. Um, and then we had to over time adopt stuff. But at first, it was really kind of a magical time. Yeah, in recovery. Yeah, it was, and we were so new that we all truly relied on each other's support and, mm-hmm. and it was and and so it was very magical time uh for us i think for evolution house mm-hmm. yeah and so, we still carry a lot of that through unfortunately we've had to make some rules about cleaning up well i, th- that, I but, think that's a necessary know, evil though yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah because i mean but at first we were all just so grateful to be trying this new thing that was so absolutely cool and like we all were like if somebody left dishes well shit we'll just wash them no stress you know, right it, you know it was really cool yeah well and i think different policies and different places work for different mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. my thought was the kind of similar when i first came across seeing how you guys were running things I feel like it was a little more in keeping with what I had thought, which was, you know, 
Um, the experience I had in sober living was wonderful. It saved my life, but I also saw others that were not in the same mindset as me. And I wondered maybe if there was maybe some more that was a little more intensive or uh, just different options, you know? And that's the crazy, the cool thing about us is that uh, our house meetings are literally about like a small group. What can we do for you? How can we help? What can, right. What's going on? What are you doing in your recovery? Which is awesome. What step are you on? And that How many meetings are you going to? Are you able to talk to your sponsor this week? Yeah. And we had a great analogy that just popped up in our lives this week about that this is all the team, like a, basically like a sports team and the house managers just the coach that happens to be a player too and Mm -hmm. he's no higher or lower than you but he can guide you along the way you know and there are no competition between team members and and when you sign up for this team you know that you're taking on part of the responsibility of looking out for each other right which is the cool part i think that's great and what's what's terrible sometimes with these kinds of setups is that you would think and i think it took me about mm, probably about two years to realize just because you think that it makes sense and it's common sense that everyone probably operates that way. That is not the case. So that's why, you know, you were talking about dirty dishes, something as simple as that. But to someone else, it just honestly doesn't occur to them. And then they're like, oh, I didn't realize that. Because part of it we talked about was to basically re-adult you back into life. We have had to teach people how to use a washing machine. Right. We had to show people how to literally do simple things like you need to put on deodorant man this is this is just part of yeah, being an adult you know? or you know just like helping them like relearn like basic life you know and and say hey you know keeping how, a schedule how's your, you know how and just check on them and say how's your personal hygiene going you know and and because a lot of times like god bless them but like guys will come in and they will smell really bad yeah. you know and the bad part is that we've had people they won't know that, how to take care of themselves we've right. had people that their mom gave them their first crack pipe at 13 yeah wow. so they literally have had no life skills at right. all and yeah. the stuff i took for granted that my mom taught me polite and work with others and how to clean and how to do this they never got it so we're right. literally yeah. starting from zero you know yeah, I, I've seen that too, and I definitely get it. But I know that it's also something as basic as even just learning, maybe you should set an alarm. Because mm-hmm. you're not just going to wake up on time. Yeah. Or planning a schedule or making yeah. sure to make those calls to yeah. be proactive. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, and and we've had to learn recently like where where we draw the line between like micromanaging and like you know becoming productive. And where we can leave that to like their relationship with their higher power and with their sponsor and with, you know, it's like we can't be all things to all people, you know? Absolutely. And and we try to do the best with the amount of time and energy that we have. I mean, yeah. we'd really do work 24 hours a day. People are like, what do you do with it? And I'm like, no, it's all the always time. Something all random, the time. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that, and I believe it is constantly in motion. Um, so with that, when it comes down to it, when where have you had to draw that line with, okay, am I helping them or am I enabling them? Have you had instances like that come up where it's like, maybe I'm being a little yeah, too understanding? Mm-hmm. Well, we we just believe in just giving people chances, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, we've recently had a guy that's been there four times, and it's just... I never know when somebody's going to get it because I didn't know when no, I you're was right. going to get you're it. Right. Like, I mean, it was it's definitely not, not the, the first, first time. time. Yeah. It was not the no. first rodeo. And then I was like, well, thank God I had grace. And people were like, yeah. I still believe in you. I still believe yes, in you. Yes, exactly. Know? Now, let's be clear. I mean, we have rules and we follow them and we have zero tolerance. You know, mm. So if somebody does use drugs, we have actually a procedure mm. uh, that we go through that, that basically there's two outcomes. A, 
if you get caught using drugs and you don't self-report, like you're out. You know, okay. you have to wait two weeks. That's a good policy. To, re- to reapply. Okay. And if you come to us and you self-report and you say, "Hey, like out, like last weekend I had a shot and like I feel so bad about it and I need help and I want to be here," then we'll actually sit down as a as a family as a whole and we'll we'll la- allow you to explain the event that took place and then we'll, there will be a vote and the vote has to be unanimous. So right. all members of the house have to be unanimously agree to allow you to stay in that case then we ask then then we allow the person to come back say hey we're gonna let you stay but like we want to hear what your ideas are and like how we can you can help prevent this happening in the future for you and we allow them to present their own yeah and how can we help you be accountable at this point like these are your guidelines but we want to help you be accountable rather than dictate well you can come back but you have to do x y and z then they feel like we're forcing them to so i'm going to read a passage from your site You will be asked to be involved in activities that will rebuild self-esteem and accountability, such as finding a job, the maintenance and upkeep of your house, going to school, volunteering outside the residence, caregiving, creative ventures, social events, and physical activities. These things combined with a strong recovery foundation will lay the groundwork to a whole new life. Mm -hmm. So... I know, knowing the two of you, how often you guys are constantly putting stuff together, some sort of a get-together, some sort of a, even if it's not really a fundraiser, just something to kind of include people. And I feel like that is definitely something that adds to your family unit feel. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally feel like it's it's our opportunity to practice these life skills in a safe environment you right. know, where we're actually going to get together and you have to learn how to lose gracefully or um, how to go to an event that you feel socially mm-hmm. awkward and then still say, I feel uncomfortable, but I'm going to go anyway and I'm going to do this thing. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that they also need to know, it sounds to me like the tone of your delivery is more on along the lines of I'm understanding where you're at versus I'm judging where you're at. And I feel like that's so crucial. Yeah, definitely. We always like try to say, I get it. We do our best to walk alongside people through whatever they're going through Mm -hmm. rather than standing above them, telling them what to do. Right. Another thing that I think a reason that we do these things is because we want people to see that, that recovery is fun. This is just the tip of the iceberg at the beginning of a new life. That is phenomenal that it is not over that it's just beginning you know right i agree with that and i think a lot of people have a really bad taste in their mouth when they make a judgment and it's like it's so much more than that and when you finally give it a shot that's when you really see what have i been missing out on we're going to go ahead and take our first break and we'll be right back stay tuned Welcome back. So for those out there, we know that there are a lot of different recovery house platforms. There's people that do it privately with just one house. There's people that have several houses. And then, of course, there's the organization that's basically ubiquitous all across the world is Oxford House. So with that, what really sets you apart from the rest? 
and where you're headed? Well, I think that what we do is we have a very stringent vetting process, first off. Okay. Um, So we make sure that the people in the house really want to be there. And we ask him, well, why do you want to come here? It's easier in the Oxford house. Why don't you go over there? And okay. Jeffrey gets pretty and confrontational I get, I get, about it. And I'm usually very kind and, and nice, and only, but I, a lot of times I'll get very in their face about it. I'm like, why do you want to be here? What's different about here? Why Are you willing to do the work that it's going to take to be here? I said, we're going to ask a lot from you. Right. And, and then maybe other places, if you just want to rent a room, this is not us. If you want to be part of a family, then we can talk, you know. Yeah. And I, I almost think like they're not. We don't compete with them. I think there's just there's just two. Di- it's it's um. Well, and I don't really mean that in a competitive way yeah. so much as in the sense of literally what's just the difference. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. houses that Definitely. are in it literally just for the money. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like you guys are more in it for a full yeah. rehabilitation. Yeah. Well, I mean, and another thing is that the house manager is the single point of accountability, so that the guys there get to have a brotherhood. That they are literally not ratting on each other. They just go to the house manager and say, "Hey, Steve didn't do this." And then so the, is the, the house, house manager in recovery too? Yes. 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 Okay. And typically. Typically, we ask somebody that typically has a couple years, I mean, a year to, or more, um, sometimes less. It just depends on if they've shown up and taken the initiative to be what we need them to be. They need to have gone through the steps. They need to be able to be a mentor to other people and be living the walk of what we really want to see. You know? Yeah, so I think that the main things that, that, that we do that's different is that we we set people up with certain guidelines that we have found success with. Okay. So going to 90 meetings in 90 days when you're new, mm-hmm. um, finding a sponsor and calling your sponsor regularly, meeting with them, doing step work. Um, these are all requirements to live in the house. Having a job within usually in the t- first two weeks. Right. Um, having a, you, Doing a chore. Um, and these are things we'll actually talk about in the house meeting. We're like, where are you in your step work? Have you called your sponsor? How many meetings have you been to? We want you to have a point of accountability at right. each week so that you have a check-in you know, with a whole team of other people that says, hey, I'm not feeling it. I didn't go to that many meetings. And other people can be like, hey, this is what I did to get through that feeling. Or this is how I... Um, or other people to say, hey, come with me. Because I think yeah. that we try to also be the group that drags people with us instead of talking down to people. We're literally like how can we jump in the boat with you so obviously we all know that there are different pathways to recovery so what about for those that are like you know what i i do want recovery but i have a doctor that i see once a week or i'm doing it this way or some other way Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily 12-step related do do they still need to be doing that or how does that work we haven't had that actually happen but we're we're very open to People who do want to try, let's say, smart recovery or another pathway to recovery, we've learned a lot that a lot more about that recently, mm-hmm. and we only know what we know. But we right. do what we would encourage is that they, whatever path to recovery they choose, they would pursue it regularly. So, like, they would meet at smart recovery meetings regularly. Right. Or they would engage with community, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, whatever program they choose, we just ask that they be present and active in it. And okay. have some type of mentor. It yeah. doesn't have to be called a sponsor. It can be a mentor that is yeah. a spiritual yeah. mentor. That's what I was yeah. getting at, too, is because yeah. a lot of those other ones are very stringent where right. it might just be for a little while, but I didn't know if maybe this was something that was like, for the whole time that you live here, it's this plus this, and that's it. Nothing else. Well, it's not the 12-step only, but I mean, we still require four meetings a week. Uh, of some kind. Of some kind. Yes. Okay. Some, and you need to be meeting with your sponsor or talking with somebody that's... Your mentor, uh, yeah, whatnot. Mentor. Minimum four meetings. Yeah, because we, we want you to be engaged. And if Having you're not, a service position. 
it's things like this, you know. Yeah. Basically, we just took a lot of the suggestions we got ourselves right. that we found success with. Right. And told them, hey, do these things. What would you say is one of the most unexpected hurdles that you had to get across in order to continue to forge the path that you're on right now? Because there's a lot of hiccups that can come along with good intentions because the road to hell is paved with them. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the first things was getting through to the county. Just trying to get the county to agree to let us do this was a big hurdle just to begin with. Isn't that interesting, too? I'm glad you bring that up because I think a lot of people out there don't realize. So, fundamentally, everyone thinks, well, my brother, my friend, my father, whoever, I want them to get off of drugs. I want them to get off of, you know, stop drinking all the time, whatever. So, I'm going to send them somewhere to get help. But what they don't necessarily realize and make the connection is, when we're trying to put houses like this, whatever, whoever, a lot of those neighborhoods and a lot of those cities are not the most receiving to that. Because you know? it's kind of like not in my neighborhood. Right. Like, yeah. oh, I want them to get well yeah. elsewhere. Do it over there. Right. You know? And so we've had to, it, it, it became, especially the first house, it became a, a little bit of a, a guideline of like, what did Oxford do? And how did they get past this? And that kind of stuff. So we did have to rely on federal, like um, the Fair Housing Act allows for recovery houses to be in different types of neighborhoods. Yeah, we have faced quite a bit of discrimination because of being in recovery. uh, Yep. And we've had neighbors write letters to mm-hmm. the county and have uh, police come by the house. We've, we've yep. had we've everything had from inspectors. building codes. They've um, tried to shut us down uh, multiple times. And every time we just mm-hmm. try to abide by whatever law they want us to fix, we're like, all right, we can fix that. No stress. Yeah. You know, yep. we'll so put we, in fire extinguishers. Both of our houses are <laughs> completely up to code. We've got you know, uh, hardwired fire, uh, fire alarms yeah. and all, all the good stuff that they've asked. That's and required. the cool thing yeah. is that we yeah. um, joined this voluntary, it's, it's not really a regulation yet of as far as a state regulation, but there's a Virginia Association of Recovery Residences and is a voluntary kind of like body that helps govern these things to make sure that people are getting adequate care instead of just a bunch of people trying to stick a bunch of people in the house and just make a bunch of money. That, that we're actually doing what we say right. we're doing. And we try really hard to be above board on everything we do yeah so we are licensed and accredited with the virginia association of recovery residents and that we're only one i know of in williamsburg that's mm-hmm. like that so which is beautiful yeah. and have you found that now that you've been there a little more established that maybe you're making some headway with getting support from the community Absolutely. Like, we've had the police come and that were in Hampton, Newport News. Yeah. And they visited the place and they were so excited to have a place to refer these people to because they're at a yeah. lack, too. That, I mean, we have the police out there and they're dealing with these substance abuse issues, which they were never trained to do. And they're literally trying to try to find places to help get people help. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we, it's really fun story. So, one of our guys got a year. Okay. Uh, he actually, we got a letter, I believe we a letter from the sheriff mm. saying, I can't believe that this guy is sober Ooh. for a year. Like I need general. to come and see. In general, at all. <laughs> I need to come see this myself. Really? When they actually yeah. came uh, to oh, the wow. house and checked it out, and it was a really cool experience. Like, because this is somebody who, I mean, for all intents and purposes, should not be here. Should not be, should be sober. Right. You know, should have spent the rest of his life in jail type deal well and i think it was important one of the things that you had said jeffrey was and i'm sure that you echo this sentiment as well ryan is you know people sometimes will get that to the point where they're like you know everyone's given up on me blah 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 but you guys are facilitating a relationship with these people that it's like we're not saying 
you you messed up and you have to stay gone. We're saying you got to give it two weeks yeah. mm-hmm. and you can come on back and well, try this again. It might not be the first time, that, might not be the sixth time, but yeah, maybe, that's you know. the thing. It's like, we just want people to have consequences and you deal with the consequences of your actions yeah. and then you are not your past. That's the way we try to always look at it. That yeah. You are not the history that you bring with you. Have you had a lot of issues as far as funding goes? Who a lot of people don't necessarily understand, and I believe, and Liz and I have talked about this with just even starting a business. I know that Ryan, you have a business that you launched right. as well. Like a lot of people think that because you file for an LLC or because you file for getting some sort of a nonprofit, that I don't know, money just like <laughs> money appears, yeah. or all of a sudden a whole staff appears to support you, but right. that's not the case. So when you are doing this, where did all the money come from to start Evolution House? Was it from federal grants, state grants, and things like this? Or was this from you? Well, I originally got an inheritance, and I fixed up the house, and I knew I wanted to do something positive with this money that I got. And I didn't know what it was going to be. So then I opened right. the house. And so literally, a lot of it's just taken out of my pocket and put back into the house. And now we have that the first house. And But a lot of times, guys come in, and they have nothing. I mean, I mean, absolutely nothing. Um, we have had people that only have a pair of flip-flops, and we go buy them shoes. Yep. And, um, here's the first couple weeks of rent. And yeah, because we'll, they have to be able to go to job interviews. Yeah. And yeah. we have to figure out a way around it and so a lot of it just comes out of our pocket because we don't know what else to do so we are super excited that you mentioned this is that we just started the evolution foundation and um we are working to develop that and so that that will be able to give guys funds for a week of rent or maybe some food or now like i've shoes. referenced you can look this up at evolution house e-v-o-l-u-t-i-o-n-h-o-u-s-e dot org is there anywhere else that they can go ahead and locate you to support you follow you anywhere else on social media so we do have a facebook page a lot of the facebook pages the facebook page is fun because it kind of shows the personality of the house and you'll see some of the lots of videos on there right people playing music or some of the parties that we've had (laughs) and stuff like that too so like we have we try to have get-togethers all the time showing that recovery is fun literally he's not kidding no yeah not having a party. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, people can go and check out our Facebook page. Um like I said the 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 actual nonprofit is very new. Um we're it's an infant. we're <laughs> very excited about that. That's new as as far as this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz um, we're going to take a break in a little bit and then when we come back we're going to talk about where Evolution House is headed mm-hmm. and that's into the next frontier. So we will yeah. we will circle back to that, but what I wanted to get to next was going to be about families. So mm-hmm. you talked about how I guess it was you said the sheriff mm-hmm. that wrote you guys a letter. So yeah. Outside of the sheriff, have you had families that have reached out or friends or others that have come back and been like, you gave us our son back, our husband back, our whoever back? Yeah, we have one guy that's in there now, and he actually is one of our house managers, and his mom has been super, super... thankful for her getting her son back and he's like literally went from basically i don't want to call him atheist but he didn't have any spiritual foundation at all i think a lot of people come in that way and he got saved and um, he's been going to church and stuff so it's like she's just eternally grateful and we have lots of these scenarios yeah absolutely i just saw um one of our former residents parents today Mm -hmm. they actually wanted to donate a dresser to to the house which is great yeah we can definitely take donations like 
like that. Mm-hmm. We're going to be remodeling the upstairs soon. And, uh, you know, they just told us thank you, you mm-hmm. know, because, like, their son is – he just got into uh, a doctoral school at VCU. That's amazing. You know, and, and that's has been his lifelong dream. He's, he's been working in the ER uh, as a nurse, and he's got – he actually – uh, chairs a nonprofit too, mm-hmm. so it, it's really cool to see like the people who do get a beginning at Evolution House go on and to do things that like people can't ever imagine. You know, yeah, I was gonna right? say a lot of people are quick to count yeah. people out as soon as they see some sort of an addiction, quote unquote, issue. They're like, and, oh, they're over. And one of the most beautiful things is we've seen a wave of this one guy that came in, and his name was Rome, and he was one of the first people that lived at the house. And since he's been in, there has been five generations. Of this person got that person got that person got that person that have gotten cleaner sober through this person and all and, have and, multiple years of recovery. That's beautiful. Yeah. It really and the guy that we were talking about from the police that came and said, "Hey, how did he do it?" He's one of those people that was the whole roll forward of this dude helped that person. So it really is like a a wave of healing that happens. These guys this. all all most of them all Williamsburg natives or Williamsburg transplants to Williamsburg. They used to all run around in the streets together and and one by one they through attraction they saw they saw their friend get sober and when they hit bottom mm-hmm. they reached out and said, "Man, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Like how are, how are you doing this?" And they and and so, you know, even we've had members go to jail sober, you know, in recovery, you know, have you know, consequences come back, go get some and go to the, the jails and start a big book study in the jail, jail, you know, and, and actually, and that's, and and that's how so many people we've had Billy who, uh, you know, who's now one of our house managers, his sponsor was Roman and Roman went to the jail for a year and sponsored him through his fourth and fifth step. And And we've had people from, we've had people from Florida and, uh, Michigan, Ohio that have flown in out of this, this one dude's recovery. And that one of the people out of this is a guy that, he robbed a pizza delivery guy. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. Uh, he did like seven years. He, he did. He went to prison. In prison. And um, now he is the general manager of a pizza shop. That's a, <laughs> so it's crazy. Like full yeah, circle. You can't make full the circle. Stuff up, full Michael. circle. No, you really can't. You really can't. On that yeah. note, we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back. So in talking about circling back to the topic we were getting ready to broach a minute ago, what I wanted to come back to is in the segment that I did with you, Jeffrey, you were talking about how now it's to the point where at first nobody knew who you were. And now courts and things like this are reaching out to be like, hey, do you have room? Can we send someone there? So now it's getting to the point where expansion is necessary and bigger and better things. So let's talk about the next chapter that we have ahead for what's going on with evolution. We are so super excited that somebody brought to us that we are doing a lot of the things that they're doing at this treatment center and it's Medicaid funded. And I was like, okay, wow, that would be really cool. It would help a lot of people. And then we've gotten into it and we have a team of people um, in Richmond that are taking us through this process to open a treatment center um, at our second location will be turned into a low intensity residential treatment center. And it's going to be a peer to peer. So it's the first time in history that I've ever known that one alcoholic will be helping another alcoholic. There won't be this filter of um, 
clinical error about it. They will have some clinical right. hours that'll be helped, but we also want to hire people in recovery to do those too. So we really want to focus everything about like how can we have somebody that has the empathy to understand where you've been to help you move forward. Yeah. So really cool thing is going to be Medicaid funded. So we are super excited. We just did our application and we're waiting to hear back from the state. So do you already have a facility in mind somewhere or how is this going to work? So Evo 2, um, we have two locations. Yeah, and I'd love to tell you briefly the story about that. Please oh, do. Wow. Evo 2 so, story, yeah. So going back, so Jeffrey um, Jeffrey and I are also partners in another company that I started uh, called. called Design and Fix. And how can people reach you there? Um, uh, email, phone number, what? Yeah, um, we've got a phone number. What's your phone number? It's 757 757- uh, five nine three eight five five three, and this is for people to have basically a Mister Fix It. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and we do we, kitchen and bath design. Do. That's when I came on with Ryan was a Ryan was doing a lot of stuff, and then he asked me to come on as like a, because it was growing exponentially, um, and he asked for some help. So okay. yeah, we have we have we've uh, began to do the bigger projects like kitchens and baths and stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, which is what we really love doing too, because mm-hmm. the design aspect. Absolutely, um, two creative design people together. So, amen. So we're working together. We're busy. We got a lot of stuff on our list, and meanwhile, we've had the first house open with eight eight gentlemen in that house for what do you say two years? Two, yes, three and years. It literally, as soon as open and comes open, somebody's filled it within days. Yeah, I mean, it's, within and we've had like hours. wait list, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's been do- going really well. Great energy in the house. And God's kind of just put it on our heart that hey maybe maybe it's time to open a uh, second location. So Jeffrey reaches out to our friend Candice and says, hey, you know she's a real estate agent. You know, if anything comes up on the market, you think you know she he just put a bug in her ear. Right. Well, she calls us and one day we're real busy and like mind you, we don't have any money for a down payment. Right. We don't have any good credit. We don't. We ain't got shit. <laughs> we really yeah. don't. I mean, for real, we've got our word. Yeah. And, and, and hope. And, and hope. faith. And, hope. and a lot of faith. And a lot of faith. Absolutely. And so we're we're working, and all of a sudden she calls and says, "Hey, there's this cool property that came up on the market that I saw that you might want to look at." And I'm like, "Jeffrey, come on, man! Like we're busy, dude. We got like jobs to do. Like this is more important." Like, and then he's like, "Well, let's just go look." And I was like. <laughs> Uh, all also, right. I fine. don't live in reality. I believe that anything's possible. Amen. <laughs> yes, it is, it is. It is. So I said, "All right, fine." You know, w- one thing is we we're never afraid to take breaks to do something fun. Good. So okay. um, so we we go out there when we should be working <laughs> and we check out this building and all of a sudden, I mean, the Jeffrey, lights came on. Yeah, Jeffrey I lit, starts I lit up and I walked through and I was like, "We'll put this there and this there and this." I mean, literally We're going to take these walls yeah, out and, and the design came to yeah. me within like 30 seconds. I yep. mean, I knew exactly what we were going to do with the building. Yeah. And it so, really is that quick. When you know, you feel it. Yeah. It was a visceral And so what used really to be was. a commercial building, a, a doctor's office, yep. um, has now become a residential uh, sober living, mm-hmm. soon-to-be treatment center. I mean, I'm telling you, when you go there, it's like not only a spiritual experience, but it is like an interior design orgasm. It's <laughs> it, beautiful. It's very image. well executed. We wanted to create this Thank energy you. of it that 
felt like a home. And we wanted the guys to feel special because we have all been through enough shit. Oh, absolutely. We've all lived in the sober living house with a with a uh, broken uh, sofa, you know, or, yeah, yeah, holes in the sofa and nasty carpets and, and everything. And, I, and I've always been the philosophy: if you give people good stuff and you treat them well, they will rise up to what they are in. They yes. will. Yeah. They really will. Because I remember too. I think anybody who's kind of been in the throes of addiction at its lowest that remembers. I don't want to go home. I'd rather stay somewhere else. Yeah. So to finally get a place and be like, I'm excited to get in my bed. Yes. That's a huge turning point. We want to create an environment that we are excited about. And literally, right. we even go try the mattresses ourselves. We're like, all right, this one's not right. <laughs> yeah. This feels right. So we get like memory foam mattresses and try to buy and Egyptian yeah. cotton sheets. And I try really hard to make it nice. And so we get the, there, and the guy is like, well, he wants to sell it. And we're like, well, we don't have any money. <laughs> um, and he... Um, he wanted to buy a beach house. This doctor was retired. Right. He wanted to buy a beach house. But we started hearing these stories about him, like like mm-hmm. that he would he was really cool. Like he would see any patient, like regardless of if they had you know insurance or not, and he would like wow. accept vegetables as like a form of payment for farmers, and wow. you know let people mow the lawn to like you know f- take That's some X rays awesome. or whatever it was. And so we're like, oh well, this sounds like a cool guy. Well, let's just you know send him an email. What could what could yeah. be, what could go wrong? So we sent him an email and said, hey, could we rent this place for two years and. Uh, you know, till we can pr- show proof of income, and uh, and he he email came back. He said yes, and I love it was it. like, well, what do we do now? Yeah. So the cool thing is now we got the building. We're in there, and um, we were talking. And it about- looks literally nothing like when you found it. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, and so we it have- was a doctor's yeah. office with all the equipment still in there. Yeah. <laughs> We took and, two dumpster loads yeah. out. So we um, we fix, we we're in there. We have no money to fix it up. Now we've got the building. Now we're where do we where do we get the money? Um, so Ryan and I both were like, "All right, God, if you want us to do this, you better show up. You better show up." Within one week, I'm getting chills just talking about it. One week, we had three private investors that were willing to give us the money just with our word. Oh we had no gosh. collateral. We had nothing. Well, they just wanted to give us a loan. They yeah. weren't really even investing in it. They were just like they wanted to help. Yeah. They wanted to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, so we didn't have it. We went from not having enough money to having to choose who we were going to go between with, that you know? and we got a really really big large series of jobs with Design and Fix. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to pull it, scrap it together. Mm-hmm. And so while we were we were living there and working there. And we were showering on the back deck with a garden hose in the middle of winter for six months. And Ryan, I want to remind you, we weren't even open yet. A year yeah. ago today, we weren't open. And now we're talking about opening a treatment center. Tell me that God's not up in this. Yeah. Thing, you know? Yes, so. absolutely. That's beautiful. So when you're talking about a treatment center, where are you thinking? So it's going to actually turn in where Evo 2 is. The yep. cool thing is that we're going to have, be able to put 16 people in that building. So that's why we're going to use that one, because it is large. Okay. And um, we're already looking for, and a lot of the guys are already uh, Medicaid patients. So th- it's going to be a really cool transition for them to get three months of treatment and taken care of uh, their rent will be paid for food, their food everything everything will be taken care of and they can just focus on their recovery and then yeah. in that time we plan to get another it's knock on wood um, get another house um, and I really do have faith that God will make it all work out yeah so. I think it's beautiful so what's the difference from going from a sober house to going into a treatment facility what's the difference that's going to happen in that house so um, the, it will literally be totally paid for that'll be a huge thing for the guys and the food will be paid for and that we'll have they won't have to pay at all i mean right now they don't it's very affordable you by the way so what we charge is is very affordable um 
it's it's um, six hundred a month for a uh, double room and eight hundred a month for or for Your a private single room, room yeah. private room, yeah. and that's everything included. So laundry right. detergent, toilet paper, you know, to Wi-Fi. Pay. We've got Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon, yeah. Hulu. I mean, we have you a, name it. There's a TV in every room. We have a TV cast, in the main you know. room and a projector above the TV. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, right. it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, so and then so we go from that into that we'll have a one to eight ratio with a peer support specialist that'll be there 24 hours. That's a day. the so most be, awesome yeah. thing. And, yeah. And so, so twenty. So each day will be planned out learning life skills. And um, we can even take like playing cornhole and turn it into a recovery event about sportsmanship. How do you lose? How do you play effectively? How do you... Because, I mean, I'm telling you, this... A lot of the guys just don't have it. I mean, they uh, right. come in and they... Oh, I've they, seen it. Yeah, they don't have the <laughs> capability to play a game and be civil. No, you're um, right. And so this will be a great way to teach people life skills on... Um, a really basic level, you know, even down to like, how do you plan a meal? How do you shop for the meal? Because I, I mean, think that's fantastic. I was, when I first got here, I could not do anything. I could not go to Walmart by myself because I was terrified that I was going to do drugs. I mean, I just was terrified of everything. Right. So this will be kind of a safe haven to kind of reintegrate uh, back into society. Well, and that's that level of intensity that I was talking yeah. about that is usually missing is you're going to have actual specialists mm-hmm. there to be able to facilitate, like you said, a one to eight ratio. Yeah. That's incredible. And the cool thing is they also have five clinical hours a week. So we'll have basically five hours of like a small group where the guys will get together and to, with a clinician and be able to talk about it. And then right. the cool thing on top of all of that, that we'll have um, a, a physician that works with us so that we can make these referrals out to get your teeth fixed. I mean, oh or gosh. to go to the doctor to that's check amazing. It, see if you have glasses. Or, that's amazing. Um, I mean, because yeah. Medicaid is really throwing a lot of good money at this to help these guys really deal with this opioid crisis that happened. And it, it we're super excited to be on the cusp of As you yes. know, recovery huge, huge. is not just like a one-sided no, thing. No, it's it is, absolutely not. It is not. completely comprehensive and mm. multifaceted. And so many b- big treatment centers that they'll send you in for 30 days and put you in a bubble. Yep. And then, and and the problem is you never address important no. things like getting a driver's license nope. or uh, figuring out food stamps or you know court stuff. Like we actually are going to be able to help them on a fundamental level reintegrate into life rather than isolate them from life. For Absolutely, 30 days. So we're going to teach them how to deal with it and get them through it so, yeah, with so, our peer specialists. And at yeah. first, we hope that they'll just stay and be um, and take the first thirty days to kind of get inter- integrated, or even though it just depends on them on the level of success and how quick they go but then we want them to get a job and live at this place so mm-hmm. how cool would it be to learn how to live and get a job and get treatment and get help yeah. all at the same get place plugged in with community and um it, it's really um i'm super excited Just it's super super excited. it sounds incredible i think that's such a great opportunity especially because i know that when i finally was able to ask for help when I reached out. They literally were bringing me in and they were saying, you'll be here for about seven days. That's mm-hmm. the max we allow. And I was <laughs> just praying to yeah. extend th- for 13 days. But I remember in the back of my mind thinking, how are you going to solve me in a week? Right. When I've done like 10 years worth of damage yeah. and I don't know where I'm headed. So I definitely remember feeling like that. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely an exciting opportunity. It really is. We're super, super excited. So with this and all of the excitement of this, as we close out this segment on Evo House, the short name for Evolution House, what were some of maybe any hiccups or pushback or whatnot that came about during 
the whole COVID glitch, the year that basically was erased. Yeah, so we were in the middle of opening the treatment center when this happened, and it was it it, it became incredibly difficult. Um, and we were trying to figure out, navigate, can we have meetings here? Um, what can we do? That the, our meeting places have closed down. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you know, well, yes. we all know that we, more people have died in our community from the isolation from the meetings than have would ever die from COVID itself. Mm-hmm. It has been catastrophic. We've had people to kill themselves. I mean, it's just been a really difficult year. Yeah, and and we didn't even know when we opened it if we would be able to fill if there would be enough demand to fill all the beds. Right. I mean, because we've got two houses and we've got twenty beds, and mm-hmm. and it, it as soon as we opened is when COVID hit, and when COVID hit, people just really plunged further into Ooh. their addictions, and so absolutely we have had no problem with that, and and we even see now guys that have just started their addiction in COVID went through COVID and now trying to get help. We have a guy, the first house that his, his foray into his addiction started at the beginning of COVID and being isolated and right. that kind of stuff. So this, this COVID thing has been catastrophic for the But now community. we're finally, hopefully, yes. on the flip we're side of that and coming mm-hmm. out of that. So just real quick then with that, if that whole shutdown had not occurred and COVID had not happened, would your center already probably have come together? Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, this has totally been a God thing. Like this is say, just that's one incredible. conversation what that led that? to another conversation that but it's led still to going. yeah that that we're able to open this, and it's just been a series of because uh, if you had told me at the beginning when we were first getting this building that we were going to open a treatment center, you're like ran, yeah, right. like hell. I'd yeah. be like, I can't do this. There's no way, <laughs> and, God, don't ask me to do this. And but, even in <laughs> even so, we've had so many God moments mm-hmm. through this whole thing. That none of this has really been our idea mm-hmm. or our vision it's been it's been like taking one baby mm. step in front of the other and testing the water because it's hard to tell if it's self-will or not mm, you know really when you're excited about something you you really have to step out on faith and say like god like am i am i doing the right thing you know show show us the way and that's really what this has been and yep. what it continues to be god god willing is that this is nothing that we've done mm-hmm. personally no. you know it's right. just this a miracle been way bigger than and the cool thing is that, us, that we, yeah. i think that the crazy thing is both of us have had a low level of stress amount the yeah, you guys enormous both things so that we've ease. been doing that because we, we've been sitting back and they're like all right god if you want to do it yeah. you know and then show up. and then and then also <laughs> sitting back and saying if this doesn't work out then i have learned some beautiful really cool lessons at, this Absolutely. All, at yeah. the same time you know so. and and how like it goes so much bigger than who we are we we see that evolution houses is more important than jeffrey it's more important than me mm-hmm. uh, individually and that we want to see this something carry on to the future and that's why we're really excited about that nonprofit and about mm-hmm. because we do want it to it to carry on past us so both of it, us like i mean i us, hope this yeah. is a legacy I, do, yeah. I, I have no idea how this is going to happen but i know that this will extend past my lifetime yeah. so if anybody out there listening wants to contribute to the cause and to go at what's the full name of the nonprofit that's coming together at the evolution foundation yeah evolution foundation okay and, and they can contact you is it at the number that's listed on the site yeah mm-hmm. and we have we I mean, we can receive uh like you know donations on venmo mm-hmm. if that's if People yeah, so if, if they want to make a donation, what is the Venmo tag? What uh, What is it, Jeffrey? I think it's under Evolution House. It's under Evolution House. Just got a light bulb. All on one the- word. <laughs> Evolution and so House. I'm going to just repeat all of your information one time. So it is evolutionhouse.org that can be contacted at info at 
evolutionhouse.org, 757-705-3202. And you can also locate them on, you said Venmo? Yes. Mm-hmm. At Evolution House. Mm-hmm. That's right. So feel free to reach out. I am so and, oh, and grateful. check out that Facebook, too. Yeah, the check Facebook them out on Facebook. Facebook gives you a really feel of like, how the house is. So yes, check fun. them out on Facebook. I will say that uh, Lizzo and I have been to plenty of events over there. And all I can say is you always better come dressed up. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I'm glad that you guys continue to just trust me, okay? We'll be back for another segment after this. One, two, 